All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here today, episode 601, coming off hot from the Super Bowl last night, Tim. Very exciting game. You you look like you're well-rested. Did you not watch the whole game? No, no. I just dressed up nice, I guess, because I'm a little bit slow this morning. I don't stay up past 11, 11.30 to most nights on a school night, but I did stay up for the game last night. A lot of fun. Um, disappointing ending for me. I was rooting for the Niners, mostly just because... I find the Chiefs kind of annoying, and obviously there's the comparisons between Kelsey and Gronk and Mahomes and Brady and the Chiefs and the Patriots and Reed and Belichick, and I find it a little bit insulting. They're about halfway there to the, what the Patriots accomplished, but um, you got to recognize them. Like, it's incredible. They're, they're so good. Mahomes is just he's, in, he's amazing to watch, so um, good for them. Did you stay up for the game last night? Yeah, they're halfway there in like a quarter of the time. They've only done it in five years. It took the Patriots 20 years to get six trophies, right? Don't forget Brady won three out of four to start his career. Three soup. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And then he didn't for 10 years, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, real recognized real. It's funny. The, the Super Bowl was like, it was kind of nostalgic for me because, you know, growing up my family and friends every year, we get together in February and watch the Patriots and uh, they were always there. And it's weird. It's weird. Not, not uh, competing this time of year. It's um, I don't think they're like the Patriots. I think they have more fun than the Patriots. I think the Patriots looks like they just weren't um, enjoying it half the time. Winning, it was like, you better win fun. or we're going to beat you when you get back to the locker room. Like Belichick, he ruled with an iron fist. Whereas Andy Reid seems to rule with like, he's your friend with an oven mitt, so to speak, not an iron fist. Isn't that a, uh, isn't that a generational thing though? The new, age, he's not a new age coach, but like, you know, Belichick, if he started his coaching career now, he'd be a different style than he did 25 years ago, you know? Yeah. Different age. No, I think it's definitely – it works for Mahomes. That he's incredible. He he is the best quarterback, I think, to ever play the game. I'll give it to him. He's incredible. What he's done for the weapons that he's lost over the years, it's 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 tough to find a fault in his game. They looked down, down and out after the first half. I was like, these guys aren't moving the ball. And then Mahomes just – Starts dinking and doinking, then he starts extending it, then he starts running. <sighs> Too much time on the clock when they gave it to him there at the end of the game. It was good. Good game. 
Yeah. And he just makes it look so easy. That's the thing yeah. that thinks him stands apart. Like it just it's just like automatic for him. It doesn't even look like he's exerting that much effort. It's like obviously his guys are wide open. Obviously he he finds the seams. I don't know how he does it, but yeah, a lot of fun. But I'm a little tired today. Any um favorite commercials that you liked? Uh you know what? I someone tweeted it out and they were totally right. It's like these seem mostly just like regular commercials. You know, like there were a few funny ones and every so often a good commercial has come out all year round, so it didn't really seem that great. But the one that stood out to me the most was the Michael Sarah one with the Sarah V moisturizer. Mm-hmm. That was kind of funny. I thought that was good. What about you? I thought you would like the Ben Affleck Duncans. That was my favorite one. Uh no, I thought that was, that was hilarious. Lame. Why? No. All the Boston people thought it was just like it was lame. Yeah, I thought Matt Damon when he said it's really hard to be your friend right now. I I cracked up <laughs> laughing. I'm like that was really that was funny. Good. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was my favorite one. And then you could ju- you could just tell you could get a sense that nobody wanted to offend anybody. It was just like very safe commercials. Bud Light was like, let's go back to tried and true. Get the horses out there. A dog, fantastic. Old guy with a mustache, check. Like it was just let's just go back to what we know and not not upset anybody. We're not we're not ruffling feathers tonight. And I think it worked. All the all the commercials were. For the most part, nice. And then Usher gets out there dancing and stuff, takes his shirt off. I'm like, what are we taking our shirt off for? Is that necessary to, to take the tarp off? I didn't know. I didn't know if that's like his normal thing, but it's one of the you gotta uh, show off the bod. One of the bits of feedback we got when I asked last week how we should commemorate episode 600, which we didn't commemorate at all. But someone said, do it, uh, do an episode with the tarps off. <laughs> I was like, no, no way John goes for that. No, um, one why? more thing what? though. No point on the game. Uh, I thought the refs did a great job. They they basically got out of the way the entire game. There was a couple of calls, you know, either side could have been upset about, but yeah. like they didn't impact the game. They kept the whistles in the pocket. There were a few plays that might have been called um, like a pass interference that they did just didn't. And I really liked that. So I thought that was uh, a credit and a rare, a rare thing for them, for, for us to say, hey, good job from the refs. And that goes for all sports. Usually the ref ruins the big games. We've seen it time in and time out where the guy just inserts himself into the game where nobody wants him to be there, even the players. So good for the I, – I did not notice that, and that's what makes a good referee. You do not notice him. So good for them. There were some bad beats to all those people who picked the 49ers for the big W, but guess what? If you would have gone through Give Better, you would be feeling okay today because Give Better, if you lose – you win at the same time because all your all your losses, a partial amount of that, goes to a charity of your choice. So check it out. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. Download the app today. Sign up. They have just extended through the end of February. So you got another couple of weeks to win that $100 scot-free. So check it out. And they actually up the ante. You win $100, and then they're, they're giving $100 to a charity. So it's a $200 win. If you just go and sign up for free, sign up through us, givebetter.app slash DTG. Give Better is responsible gambling done right. They do it the right way. Yes, it's a little bit of gambling. That's okay. But if you lose, part of your money goes to a charity of your choice. And if you win for the next two weeks, you still get to give that $100 to charity. And then you get $100 in your pocket, US dollars, as they say on the street, Tim, a Benjamin in your pocket. Have you ever had a $100 bill, Tim? I have, yeah. Oh, okay. You know who's going to have a, a little bit less Benjamins in their pocket coming up next week? 
Morgan Riley for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very, very naughty, naughty boy, Morgan Riley. Got a little too upset. Very uncharacteristic of Morgan. Usually composed. One of the most fiery competitors on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would say across the board on their team, the one guy who actually does care about the crest on the front and not the name on the back. I'm talking to you, Matthews, Martin, or Nylander. Selfish pricks. We're going to have to bleep that that word out but Morgan Riley crossed the line at the end of the game five point seconds left Ridley Gregg from the Ottawa Senators up and coming pest in the league slowly becoming one of the biggest um, nuisances to everybody he gets a breakaway empty net blocks a shot finds himself clear cut in all alone on an empty net for Toronto for the Toronto Maple Leafs has time to think about what he could do could easily slide it into the empty net could easily just do a, a wrister, maybe do a backhand on the ice, something classy. No, 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 no. That's not his style. He takes it. He goes right to the hash marks, winds up for a slap shot, releases at the top of the crease, and rips it in the upper upper part of the net. Slap shot. I wish I would have had the, the slap shot tracker. Probably like an 80, 90 mile an hour slap shot. Like he went full on. Starts to celebrate. Circles around the bottom of the circles, gets to about the hash marks. Morgan Riley buries him with a cross check in the face. Ridley Gregg goes down. Chaos ensues. Obviously, Toronto's got their top guys out there, so not a lot of heavyweights. Obviously, Max Domi gets in there and starts to do what Max Domi does. And a little little melee ensues. Morgan Riley gets tossed. It was just announced that he's been offered an in-person hearing by George Peros which means he's going to at least get five games for that discretion. Lots of interesting quotes after the game. I want to get into that in a second. First, I want to hear from Tim, our show's local everybody be friends with everybody commentator. What did you think of this, Tim? Did it disgust you? Well, first of all, John, great synopsis. Very like frame by frame breakdown. I feel like I just watched it again. You did, I paint you a picture, baby. That's what I do. You did your prep. Um, yeah, I I don't like this. You know, so I I, I have no issue with uh, what is his name, more uh, Ridley Grieg, doing that. I think it's funny. It's a it's a great little heel play. He's got the emotions, and I have no issue with Morgan Riley or anyone in the Leafs taking exception to it and face washing him or or doing some kind of payback. But you crossed the line. You went just a little bit too far with a two handed cross check to the face. It was like right at the under the jaw, right around the neck area. Um, and guys have been suspended for, for multiple games, five plus for sometimes less. So I, I think he took it too far. Um, emotions get the best of you. I don't think Morgan Riley is a dirty player, but you get offered an in-person hearing. Obviously the league is taking exception to this. So I thought it was a bad play. Thought it was dirty. And I think he's going to get five plus. And I think he should. What do you think? Well, he's obviously getting five plus there. There's no if fans are butts about that, an in-person hearing is a minimum of five games. But I um, I think you nailed it. I, I agree with you. Morgan Riley, I like what he did. I, I really liked with what Ridley Gregg did. I thought that was fantastic. This is a rivalry in hockey. Toronto-Ottawa, always been a rivalry. Ottawa's Toronto's little brother. They're always looking up to him, trying to catch them, trying to, trying to beat them. This is a huge game for the Ottawa Senators. You're playing at home. You're struggling a coaching change in the last month, so you're trying to get on the right foot. These are huge games for them. It's like the Red Sox and uh, the Yankees. It's like Michigan, Ohio State. You circle these games on your on your calendar. 
And I don't know if you watched the game or saw any of the highlights. I'd say over half of the fans there were Leafs fans. So it's got to be annoying for Ridley Gregg coming in for an empty net and seeing a sea full of blue. And he's an up and coming pest, like I mentioned. I'm going to, I'm going to rip it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get a reaction from the Leafs and their fans and really stick it to them and like fire up this rivalry again. I, I hate these guys, right? And if, and if you're a pest, this is what you do. So he buries at top shelf with the full expectation and maybe anticipation. He, he wants uh, something to happen that someone's going to come after him. And he got his wish. It was fantastic. Obviously, Morgan Riley never been suspended, never been fined. One of the more gentlemanly players in the game didn't mean to cross check him in the neck, but I like his response. You know, you're embarrassing my team. I, I didn't see Marner or Matthews sprinting over there to try to do something. They did their standard. Let's go grab somebody and just laugh about it and, and have a have a chuckle. So it was it was good all around. I, I would the one thing I'm confused about is Sheldon keeps suspension or his his comment after the fact when he's getting interviewed. He's he was asked by a reporter what he thought of Riley's response. And he said, I thought it was appropriate. Now, if I'm trying to get fined, if I'm a coach, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, you know what? I thought it was great. I, I, I love that he did that. I don't know. Do you think he's trying to have his players back in this situation? Because he's, he's probably going to get fined for that comment. Right? Our play, he also said our players have the right to react to that situation. Do you? Do you have a right to react after someone scores a goal and the play is over? Technically, no. That's not allowed. You don't have that right. You have the right to just suck it up and watch the guy celebrate. You're breaking the rules to react that way. So I don't, I don't agree with that comment, but I thought it was appropriate. It was an interesting comment coming from Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, I was thinking about that over the weekend too, and I feel like a little bit of posturing um, just to stand up for his player. And I don't think, you know, the, the NHL um, – Department of Discipline takes like stuff like that into consideration when they're talking about how, how long they suspend them for or fine or whatever it is. I don't think they take anyone's statements into consideration, but they're still humans and they still like this stuff has an impact on how the play is perceived in the media by the players around the league. And so obviously it carries some weight. What the head coach says after is going to matter. And so I think that's just a little bit of, of standing up for his guy and say, hey, you know, you you disrespect, you're going to have to pay a consequence. I thought our guys have a right to react to that. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't know. Can you, can you find a coach for saying like, what, what, what's the finable offense there? Well, premeditated um, or just saying, yeah, we, we encourage our guys to do that. Yeah. He can get fined for that. I think. And I, I, I get what Riley's doing. I get what Keith's doing. Cause the one thing we question, you know, ourselves included with these Toronto Maple Leafs teams is team toughness. Do they react? Do they have each other's backs? Are they willing to play the hard game? And so I think this goes a long way of setting that tone. It's like, okay, yeah, we're not, we're not going to be embarrassed. And that was a pretty cry, crummy thing that Ridley Gregg did. Like, he, he's embarrassing us, and we're going to react to it. We're going to have a response. So good for him. Claude Giroux made an interesting comment. It, kind of not in the same liking as Sheldon Keefe sticking up for his team. Claude Giroux, when asked what he thought about the situation, he goes, Sometimes that stuff happens, alluding to maybe that's maybe Ridley Gregg deserved what he got. What did you think of Claude Giroux's comments, Tim? Because very strange, uh, very strange comments after the games coming from both sides. Yeah, this one really surprised me. So the rest of the quote here, he said, obviously, you don't like seeing greed get hit in the face there, but there's not really much to say. Sometimes that kind of stuff happens. 
that's him saying about his young past, the, the, the guy who's, who's embracing the heel role. He's like, hey, you get what you deserve there. And he's not saying like, you know, he shouldn't have done it or anything like that. But he's like, yeah, that's that sounds about right. Like you do that, you're going to have to pay a consequence. This is from it's a guy like who's been graph. in the league for... It's like the F yeah. around, find out. And Greg there found that, that intersection of, of, of what happens when you do that. He found out when you mess around. And you, you, do you think Claude Giroux was just frustrated with some of the antics? Because he's an old school player. We'll get to the code in a second. He He abides by the code and he's like you don't do that obviously and then when you do that you're going to find out what happens you think he's trying to send a message to the young kids saying maybe don't do that next time i don't know because they won the game you know what i mean like it's like what's he frustrated about it, yeah i mean i understand the season not going your way but you, you win the game against a good team and i would like to see more of a um hey you know what like i understand they need to respond they took it too far i got to protect our guy sort of thing rather than saying yeah, sometimes that'll happen. You know, that was a little strange to me. I didn't really love that from him. Well, I see this as him maybe sending a little subtle message message to Greg. Is it Greg or Greg? I feel like we're, I, I know I'm, we're saying different names and it's probably maddening to the listeners, but Ridley Greg, I'll, I'll I'll try to call him Greg. But I mean, do you think he's trying to send a message to him saying, hey, cut that crap out? Like, just I get you could be a pest. I understand it. But just cool it. Like, that was unnecessary. We are, we, we're icing the game. There was five seconds left. You're getting a free goal. Good for you. I, I think that's maybe what he's doing. Do I agree with it? No. I, I love what Greg did. I think it was fantastic. you got to spark your team. Your team's been terrible this year. So any any chance you can get some momentum and get some, you know, good vibes going, you take it. So I don't know. Or maybe 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 this. Maybe Claude Giroux is angling to get out of Ottawa and he thinks Toronto could be a landing spot and he doesn't want to burn any bridges. Who knows what's <laughs> going on in his head? Who knows what's happening with Claude Giroux, but definitely uncharacteristic stuff. I alluded to the code, Tim. So the purists are going, oh, we don't like that. We don't like embarrassing players. We got to keep it, keep it professional, gentlemanly. Got to abide by the code. You slide that puck in. And you go back to your bench and you don't even celebrate. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what my father did. And that's what my grandfather did. The new kids are saying, well, you shouldn't fight afterwards, but you got to this and that. What, it's, it's a weird thing because the code says don't embarrass guys, but it also says don't jump guys and, and cha you know, challenge a man to man face to face. What, what's going on, Tim? What do, you, what do you think about this and the code and where do you land on this? Yeah, there was a, another interesting tweet. I forget who sent it over the weekend, but basically the, the message of it was hockey straddles this strange line between like, you know, the, the, the toughness and the control over your emotions and just like it's the toughest league in the world, the toughest sport in the world, the toughest players in the world versus the other side of the line is like, you embarrass me, my emotions are out of control and you need to pay the price for this now. And there's this weird like dynamic between the two that it's sometimes hard to understand. The line gets blurry. And this is an example of that. Um, I don't know. I, I think all of it was fine. Like I said, I think I think Ridley Scott or whatever his name is um, was was right to to do it. And I Ridley think Scott's Morgan, a director. He he directed <laughs> he um, Ridley Greig Batman. Like he's a very good director. Gladiator and the Napoleon movie, which wasn't great. Um, but so I think he was right to do it, and I think Morgan Riley was right to respond. But like I said, took it too far. You have you could really hurt a player. You can really and it doesn't seem like he was hurt. You know, I'm sure it stung, but uh, he was fine. But you you took it too far. And that's why he's going to get suspended and and rightfully so. So I saw this hit and it 
reminded me immediately of 1993 playoffs between the Washington Capitals and the New York Islanders. Game six, Pierre Turgeon scores a goal and Dale Hunter buries him after the goal. Absolutely buries him into the boards. Hunter gets suspended 21 games. Very similar play. Pierre Turgeon was a little further from the boards, but same kind of play. Turgeon hits, he circles around, same part of the ice. Very, very similar. I know we have some younger viewers. Go and check that out. Dale Hunter. He gets 21 games for this. There was a lot of press behind it because it was the playoffs. It was the first round, but it was a big deal. If this guy gets 21 games, and mind you, Dale Hunter had a had a rap sheet longer you know, than my arm. It was huge. The guy was a pest, well-known for it. And this is Morgan Riley's first offense. Where does the suspension land? If you're George Peros, what are you dropping the hammer for? He says he's at least getting five. Does he get more than that, Tim? I mean, technically, it's not a guarantee that he gets more than five. It's just that they're able to. But most of the time when this happens, you do get more than five. I th- I liken it to this is a totally different situation, but the cross check itself is very similar to what Perron did early this year to Artem Zub, which I think he got five for right in front of the net there. Um, very similar cross check to a very yeah. similar area. Yeah. So I think I think five is probably the number and maybe he appeals it. And it gets reduced to three or four just based on the fact that he has no history uh, of suspension or fining or anything like that. I think that's, I think that would be appropriate too. But I don't see this getting less than than five because of the of of the hit itself and because of the fact that it's in person. Yeah, I think it's five. I, I'm honestly surprised it's in person myself. I thought maybe two or three, but it's a big loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know, yeah, good for them. Giordano's down day to day too, so their their defense is going to be thin, and they they need every point they can get right now. Tim, um, they are right now in a wild card spot. I know. Today, they if the playoffs started today, they would play the Florida. No, <clears throat> they would play the Boston Bruins first round. Yeah. No, no they um, would play the Rangers. Sorry, I'm all out of sorts. The Red Wings would play the Boston Bruins, but it is tight. So if you're the Maple Leafs and you use Morgan, lose Morgan Riley for at least five. And then they got some heavy hitters coming up in the next five games. They're playing the the Flyers who've been playing good. They're playing the Blues who are on a streak. So they got to they got to string some wins together. All of a sudden, this team maybe imagine if they don't make the playoffs. That, that's a whole other story. But they <laughs> we'll we'll get to that another day. But I, I think he gets five. I think that's a fair number. If anything, a little over exaggeration. I think he should get two or three based on like taking into account who's the like, Greg's a pest. So all right. So, I just mentioned the what, Wings. I mentioned the Blues. Let's talk about some some hot teams making things interesting here in these playoffs. Can I let me just uh, before we move on? I want to ask one okay. more question about this. So they showed during the um, the broadcast while the, all this was going on, and the, you know the little scuffle that started when Riley attacked him. They kept showing uh, Reeves on the bench, and he's leaning over, he's yapping, but you could see on his face he like he doesn't like when that sort of thing's ha- happening when he's not on the ice. So yeah. like, is that a thing as an enforcer? Like. When you see one of your guys take a cheap shot or when there's like a big like brawl or five on five, you know, that sort of thing. And you want to be out there. Is that like is that hard or is that just part of the game as an enforcer? In that situation, he's just like, great. Now I have to go out with five seconds left and do something. And he knows the camera's on them. So you have to do something. But I don't know. Like the guys instigated it. I would be more upset if I was the Ottawa tough guy. Because 
you know, something's happening to my team and I can't be out there to defend them. And now I have to, now I got to react. So it's one of those things we're trying to get maybe Zach McEwen on the show. Maybe he can speak to it a little more about the next time they play Toronto. There's going to be some fisticuffs. Like there's going to be some action going down and he's got an outfight Ryan Reeves, which nobody wants to do because Ryan's a pretty tough guy in the NHL. But I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's, it's almost showmanship. You know the camera's going to be on you. There's a scrum. Pan to the tough guy. See what he's going to do. And you got to, like, put your mean face on. You know, oh, I'm really upset. What's happening? It's hockey. It happens all the time. And, you know, we actually talked about it last night because of the football game going on. You zoom in on players. And they're saying some stuff. And somebody asked me, he's like, were you aware that cameras were on you all the time? I'm like, very much so. Especially after a fight. I, I remember one instance. I had gotten to a fight. I was in the penalty box screaming at the guy in the box. I was upset. And I got home and my wife was like, the kid saw everything that you said in that penalty box. And I was like, what? And I, yeah, you have to be very careful what you say because you can read lips. Like four letter words are very easy to make out. And they, they were young. They don't know what those words mean, but they can mimic it. Like, oh, dad said this, you know, and it's so she's like, and there's other people watching too. Like your parents, my parents, like our, our relatives, like just be careful what you say because you know it affects a lot more people than you than you know so yeah you gotta you gotta be especially nowadays people are so sensitive you say one word then it gets you're suspended like you back in my day it was just free for all what people were saying you you your ears would bleed tim if you were (laughs) incredible (laughs) absolutely incredible but anyways moving on what are we talking about next year so there's a few teams that are really playing very, very well that are making these wild card races just m- more fun, more interesting, and, and they have major implications for the trade deadline coming up. I'm going to start one with um, the team in the East, the Red Wings. They're 11-3-2 in their last 16. They're, they're very, very hot right now, and they've beaten good teams during this stretch. They lost to some good teams too, but they beat Toronto, they beat Vegas, they beat Tampa, they beat Florida, and over the weekend, Patrick Kane returned from injury, and they beat Vancouver. Yeah. So they're, they're looking really good right now, and they're beating really good teams. So at this point, they're second in the wild card race. They're four points over the next team. And one of the things I was thinking about is, like, four points is actually kind of a lot because usually it's only, like, one point, two points at this part of the year. I understand it could change tomorrow and everything, but I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to start to see some of the other teams start to, to fall away after they hung on for so long, like the Islanders like the Devils, maybe even the Flyers who are technically in, in, a, in a playoff spot. They're not even in the wild card. But, um, yeah, Detroit is playing very well right now, and they're hopefully even better now that Kaner's back. Yeah, I think you will see some teams fall away. I'm surprised by how, how well the Red Wings have played. It's been a shock to me. Going into this January-February stretch, like you said, their, their schedule was one of the toughest schedules in the NHL, and I fully expected them to maybe go 500. Probably not, but they've been busting out wins left and right. You know, they beat the teams they should, the San Jose's and the Anaheim's and like, but they're L.A., you know, hanging in there, losing to Edmonton in overtime. Him, they, they've had murderers row for the last couple of weeks, and they've come up pretty, pretty solid. Then you're getting Patty Kane back. So I hate to say it, but the eyes are playing. It's looking pretty solid. It's a, what a roller coaster season I've been on with these guys. I just rip them at the beginning. And then I'm relishing because they're struggling. Then I'm eating crow because they come back. But they, they've been anything but not consistent. They've just go on streaks. They win, you know, seven out of ten. 
then they lose eight out of 12, and then now they're back to winning seven out of 10. So who knows? Their schedule doesn't get any easier. That's the thing. They get Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle, Colorado, St. Louis. Those are their next six games. They could easily lose six in a row. That's just how it is. So I'm not going to put any kind of stamp they're going to make the playoffs, but they're making it interesting. They're making it hard on some of these what do you call them? The team that's been around a long time, the, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Devils, the teams that you were going to anoint into the playoffs maybe at the beginning of the season. The Penguins did a ton of stuff. The Devils, everybody thought they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders. The Islanders have been there forever. The Red Wings are doing what we thought the Senators and the Sabres should do. They're making some noise. They're pushing for a playoff spot. And this this is this is encouraging. So we'll see where it goes. Do you think they have the longevity to stick around, Tim, for the rest of this run here? They got 31 games left. Yeah, they do. They do. They've already proven me wrong. Like I, I doubted them earlier in the season. I kind of said, this is great, but we're going to start, you know, they'll, they'll aggress to the mean a little bit. They'll become a team that's on the outside looking in. They'll make it interesting. But they just like you said, they've played so well and they've played a lot of tough teams in the last six weeks. And they've, and they've done really well. 11-3-2 and two is nothing to scoff at. So Dylan I think we can, no longer, we can no longer ignore what they're doing. And even Kane, like in my mind, I know he started the season late. Missed some time due to injury. I didn't realize how much how much he's played. He's played 20 games, and he has 17 points in those 20 games. Like, he's really contributing. And obviously, you're getting what you're getting from Larkin and Debrinkit. And so, yeah, I think they're a legit um, a playoff team. I think they'll probably stick with it for the rest of the year. Do you think Larkin's one of the more underrated players in this league? Doesn't get the respect he's due? No, he doesn't. No, he, he totally is. He fits that to a T. Yeah, it's strange because when you look at his, you know, the points he puts up and this and that, he's just, he's a solid point per game guy consistently in his career. Maybe not point, maybe a shade under point per game, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we got to start talking about Dylan Larkin a little bit more than we should because he's throwing together in year eight of his career. He's really having a pretty solid season. So anyways, good for the Detroit Red Wings. Who else is uh, starting to come along, Tim? Well, before we get to that, I want to tell you about Wendy's. Wendy's is letting Ooh. you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face-off. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team-building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points for your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouth-watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never-frozen beef. Sign up to play Daily Faceoff to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Um, the next team that I want to talk about, and this is Wendy's what? has a fantasy hockey league. What does this mean? Where do you play yeah. Daily Faceoff? <clears throat> the Wendy's app. You got to check it out, man. Do it after the show, though. Not in my time. For those of you who smoke the competition, I thought they were going to come out with like a smoked brisket sandwich. They didn't. They dropped. They missed that mark. You should be writing the ads for them. Well, it'd be a lot um, better than this stuff. It's like robotic. The next team here, the Flames. The, the Flames, the Calgary Flames, have won four in a row. And then and we could have tied only... in Flame Broiled. <laughs> yeah. It would have been perfect. Um, only three points out of a wild card race right now, the, the Flames. And this is a team to pay, to pay special attention to because so much of the trade market was is going to depend on them. There's all these like dominoes that are going to fall, but they're waiting for to see what happens with Calgary, and they keep winning. Obviously, you have Hannon, Hannafin and Tanev, two of the, the probably the two premier defensemen on the market. Even Markstrom is having some real um, trade conversations. So what happens if they keep winning? If they want to compete, 
I'm not saying they're going to be buyers at the deadline, but they're, if they're not sellers, it changes the whole trade landscape. Um, and as Friedman pointed out, the trade market is essentially waiting to see what happens with Hannafin and Tanev and you know Henrique and Gensel and all these dominoes to fall before anything happens. So Calgary these guys are going to be sellers. I, I think this is a case of maybe getting rid of some of the fat. And these guys on this team, you look at their roster, Tim. This is still a strong roster. Like they have a decent first line. They still got as much as we crap on Jonathan Huberto. He's still a good player. Kadri's still a very good player. They got some decent skill. And their back end has always been their strength, and they're continuing to lean on that. Mackenzie Weger got a hat trick the other day for Pete's sake. So they will win. This doesn't change where they're heading with their future. Craig Conroy is going to gut this roster, rightfully so. This this team has to reset, restart for next year. It hasn't worked the last couple of years. You had your high water mark a few years back with Kachuk and Gaudreau, and that was fun. You tried to replicate it, did not work, which is okay. You tried, but it's it's time to start over. And that means we have to trade everybody. And you got rid of Lindholm and Zadorov, and this is going to continue. All those guys you mentioned, they'll be gone, Tim. Rightfully so. It's going to be like Markstrom will go. I think Hannafin goes. I think Tanev goes. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe a couple other forwards go who have term left on their contract, not just the UFAs. But it's fun. You, you see guys like respecting themselves because you you assume when you trade your top guys, you all of a sudden are going to start to lose. These guys are good hockey players. I saw with the Hawks when all their guys got just taken down with injuries, this and that. Somehow they became a better team. They, they were more cohesive. They were playing better hockey. It's because there was no more distractions. There was no like, oh, well, we got to get it to Bedard. That's it. Like he, he needs to have the puck. That option was gone. Okay, well, we got to get it to Flino. We got to get it to Perry. We got to get it to Hall. We got to get it to Beauvillier. All that was gone. It was just a group of guys going out there and just playing hard. And that's a hard team to beat, Tim. You make a mistake, they're going to be on you. And I think that's what's happening here in Calgary. And they had the added luxury of having some pretty talented guys. So don't be surprised if they make the playoffs. As weird as that sounds, these guys have been just been getting kicked all season long, underperforming, what's going on in Calgary, getting challenged by players on their team, their coaches throwing them under the bus, constant chaos, what's going on? You offer a contract, you rescind it. Drama, drama, drama. All of a sudden, that's gone. They can focus on hockey, and they got a bunch of dogs in the locker room busting their hump because they're playing for contracts next year and years going forward. So I know they're three points out, but they've been playing really good hockey, like really, really tough hockey. And if I'm a team, I I hate playing those teams. I don't want to go into Calgary knowing I'm going to get hit every time I touch the puck. They're going to be back-checking, forechecking. I'm going to have no time to do anything. Those are miserable games. So... Is this could be, you know, a trend in the right direction for the Calgary Flames. But Craig Conroy can't get confused. You have to trade those guys and get some assets to make this team better moving forward. Because they're not like they're not a Stanley Cup contender, but they're they're a fun team to watch right now. Yeah, and I just want to go back to the Markstrom thing pretty quick because I didn't really you don't see his name coming up quite as often in the trade talks. But again, this comes from Elliot Friedman that the Flames and Devils had quote unquote legitimate conversations about Markstrom. The talks hit a few issues, including salary retention and package it would take to make the deal happen. So probably it doesn't happen, but but teams are asking. And Devils came the closest. They're obviously looking for a permanent fixture in that um, they're not getting what they need from Vanacek and Schmid. So yeah, I, I think I think going back to your point, um, 
I still see them. I don't know if if even one or two of those players comes off the board because they keep winning and they was said, hey, you know what? We're still going to trade Tanev, but we keep Hannafin or vice versa. Or maybe we were going to trade a Coleman or Manjapani and now we don't. That still changes things. You know what I mean? Like even one or two of these pieces coming off the market affects a lot of the value of a lot of other players as well. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. But again, four in a row, it's hard to ignore, but it's also a best case scenario. Like I, you, you don't see them continuing this. You don't think they're going to go win seven out of 10 now. You know what I mean? The best has probably already happened for them. So, But they maybe beat your Boston of, Bruins, Tim. Oh, the best team in did. the world. That was that was a tough game. Another tough game against um, the Capitals over the weekend, too. Not great. I do, th- I do think they sell. It would be a mistake yeah. for Conroy not to trade all those guys. A big mistake. And Markstrom, I think people are, I don't know. Like, this guy's a good goaltender, but just say the Devils do get him. You still have to carry that $6 million deal for two years. It's a tough contract to move. It's a very tough contract to move. And I think you're seeing the interest in him because goaltenders are shaky right now. They're not great. I, if I'm a GM, I'm going after Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't, I don't, don't know why they wouldn't. Like, just go. Minnesota will eat the deal. He's on an expiring contract. He's motivated. He's most likely going to retire. Pick the can on him. It's like, throw him, throw him a deal. He would probably take a second rounder to get him. I would do that in a second. Markstrom's 34. He's His best hockey is behind him. So, what are we doing? St. Louis Blues, Tim. Yeah, another team that's really hot right now. 14-7-1 since Drew Bannister took over as an interim coach. They're 7-1 in their last eight. They're probably the hottest team in the league right now. Big game with the weekend. Tory Krug had five assists on Saturday. Um, they're still in the second wild card spot, so they're still you know fighting for uh, playoff contention. But after a really slow start and a coach firing, they're just white hot in the new year, and people are making comparisons to 2019 which I don't think is totally fair. Like I get it, but that team was a, was loaded. You know what I mean? Like you were getting what you were getting from Bennington and Ryan O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Pareko and Petrangelo is not this group, but it is nice that they're competing. Um, And yeah, again, another team to keep an eye on over the stretch here. You want to know what's hilarious is I, I checked into my fantasy thing on Sunday morning and I'm like, we're, we're tied four, four, I was losing all my goalie stuff except for like the save percentage and the goals against. So I was actually winning two of the three. Jake Allen was playing. He was available. So I pick up Jake Allen. He gets shelled for seven goals. I lose everything because I thought he could get a shutout versus the blues who were on the second game of a back to back. They were just, you know, traveling in from Buffalo. <sighs> Such a stupid play. Over th- That's what I get for checking it. But anyways, the blues, yeah, they're, they're, they're a fun team. Fun team to watch. They do have some, like you mentioned, they got some legit players who have been underperforming pretty much their whole tenure in St. Louis. If they can put it together, dangerous team potentially. You know, they got they got some they got some pieces, Tim. I don't know. Yeah. This could be another, you know, 2019 Groundhog Day. I think, you, uh, you never know. The I think the East is more open than we think it is. I'm sorry, the West. Uh, they could they could make well, some serious noise. I think, you know, speaking of like, like Larkin, I think Robert Thomas is another like super underrated just Ooh, star yeah. in this league. Look at his points. He's just, he's so good. No one's talking about him outside the market, really. And he's just not playing with like, he's playing with Buchnevich and he's got some, you know, decent line mates and an okay power play. But he's just like another guy that um, I think is just worthy of, of more praise than he's getting across the league. Yeah. I've called a few of the Blues games this year and everything runs through Thomas. 
everything. Power play, five on five. That guy is super, super good. But yeah, don't be surprised. All right, Tim, let's get to some quick hits. I got I to gotta get to my wife's birthday lunch today. She's turning um, 40 today. The big 4-0. Wow. Happy birthday, Danielle. Happy birthday, yeah. It's, it's nice. So we're, I'm going to take her to a lunch. That's it. That's it. Don't nice. want to spoil her. Where are you going? Don't want to spoil her. No idea. It is two for one. Imagine that. <laughs> Roll up. It's pre-made. We just eat it in the car. <laughs> Did right, she babe, give me a drink? I'm like, honey, I got to go. Oh, no. She's going <laughs> to let me know where we go. But all right. Quick hits, Tim. Well, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of DoorDash for $15 or more. When you download the app, enter promo code NATION25. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms may apply. We had a suspension over the weekend. Nikita Zadorov, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Suspended two games for an illegal check to the head of Lucas Raymond. I think that was about right. I think that was right in the money. Um, dirty hit and two games. I think it's fine. You know, any, when any you're a hitter, you, when you're a hitter, you have to, you know, take chances and you have to anticipate. And sometimes you miss your mark. And Nikita did it this time, but. What are you going to do? You you have to do those things. And Lucas Raymond makes makes a pass cross ice, and Nikita comes across and picks his head a little bit. So <laughs> you know it happens. You know when you're a gunslinger, miss your mark sometimes. But he'll be back. He'll be back. I I like I like the aggressiveness. You got to do that. It's almost like with that fear factor. It's like you have to take suspension sometimes to keep your reputation. Because players will see that and they go, that guy's a lunatic. Damn right I am. I'll do anything. <laughs> so that's it's, it's um, a good thing for his reputation. Bad for his the, pocket. The next, the next thing here, we talked about Gensel being on the market. Interesting report is that Dubis is reportedly looking for a similar package as what Giroux got um, from Ottawa a couple of years back, which was a first and a third rounder and Tippett, who was a uh, top prospect in the system. So it's a hefty price. So that's what Gensel is going to, that's what he wants. A first and, a, and another pick and you're one of your top guys. Um, so I don't know how many teams can afford that, how many contenders have the calf space and the collateral to make it work. But another thing to keep an eye on as we approach the deadline. Get him to LA. They got some prospects. Yeah, or the Rangers. They need top six help. Kako, bye-bye. Kako and a first for uh, Gensel. I think that would be a good trade. I should be a GM. Pretty good trade. So the last thing let's just wrap it up here, Tim. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin has scored a goal in five straight games. And we need to talk about it. I'm not kidding. When over the weekend I got a dozen plus tweets, messages, DMs about this, people sharing the graphic of him. He broke the record for most um, empty netters of all time and he's scoring. He's only fifty nine goals away from Gretzky now. And it's weird. We were talking before the show, the streaks he goes on, because before this, he didn't score for 10 games. And he had, you know, three goals in five games. And before that, he didn't score for 20 games. So it's still very streaky. But wherever he is on the streak, it feels either impossible or inevitable. Like, this, it just swings both ways extremely. And right now, it feels inevitable. So what, what's your take on this? People want to hear from you. Listen, we knew he was going to score some goals this year. I think I, I projected him to get 20. To start this season, I thought that would be a good mark for him. You're right on pace. He's, he'll get 20 goals. He'll, he'll still be 53 goals a game away from passing the great one. But yeah, you do get a little nervous. 
empty netters too. It just twists the knife when he gets an empty net goal because I check the box score and I go, oh, they won by two. Damn it, Ovechkin got the empty netter. It's neat to see him. We were talking about how much ice time he was getting. He really is still the focal point of this offense for how old he is. What is he, 37, 38 years old? And everything still runs through Ovechkin, which is says a lot about Washington as a team, but it says a lot about how he's able to maintain his body and still be really, really solid. But am I ner- I'm not nervous yet. Because like we said, he can go on a streak where he doesn't score for 10, 15 games. And then that puts him to game 65. And we're like, okay, well, maybe he won't get this, you know, record. So we'll see. Check back in in a month and we'll see where he at. But he's on a good streak for him. Five goals, one empty netter, one garbage goal, a couple decent tallies. But uh, he was going to score, you guys. Right? I know. But five in so a he's row. Got, he's got, so here's the thing. This is what I do. I'm, I'm a big pitcher guy. So for all these people who are, you know, getting at us saying, oh, you know, he's got five in a row. At the beginning of the year. Would you be happy 51 games he has 13 goals? No, you would be upset. He's way below his goals per game average. So he's still having a down year, which I said was going to happen. Fast forward to next year. He's a year older. He's a year slower. Is he going to get 20 goals? No, he's probably going to get 15. Fast forward the next year. He's a year older. He's 41 years, 40 years old at this point. I think the record's still safe, but it's fun for him to get these goals and for people to get worked up. People think I hate Ovechkin. I don't. I think he's one of the best hockey players ever. Probably top five. Top five. Goal scoring-wise, best ever. I just don't think he's going to break Gretzky's record. That's okay. People need to just chill out. Chill out, bro. Whatever. But yeah, good for him. Five goals. So when he goes on... Save those people's name who sent us messages. Because when he scores, when he goes five games without scoring, we'll retweet them and go, that aged well. (laughs) Something like that. Something cool like that. But yeah, good for Ovi. He's not going to break the record. I stand by that. If they had like an over under or something, I give better, I would bet under. He's not going to get it. The that aged well crowd on Twitter and YouTube and whoever makes those comments is so annoying. It's the best. I hate it. I hate it. Why? Because you always have bad takes and people come at you. That's why. No, it's always, they're always coming at you. Connor Garland, the next day after our interview, had like a goal and an assist and a fantastic game. I think he had two goals. He was lighting it up. So, do I take credit for that? Anyways, moving on. We'll talk to you guys Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate all the support. Go to Give Better. Win some money. Sounds like a good plan. We'll talk to you later. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.